never know, Uther. I intend to live forever. How dare you show your face here? Uh, faces. <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh at that, you idiot! A lot of story there, a lot of lore. Uh, for those of you who are into that kind of thing, I love you. Welcome to Live, Laugh, Lore, the podcast that explores where we've been and where we may go next in the world of Warcraft. Welcome, everyone, to Live, Laugh, Lore, episode 51, the show that is so dedicated to going green, we will even recycle our jokes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. <laughs> Each episode, we're going to check in, have some laughs, and talk all about the lore of Warcraft, one or two topics at a time. My name is Jin, a member of the Green Dragonflight in my own way. I sleep as much as possible, and if I had a breath attack, it would be some kind of noxious gas. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm joined by someone who will likely say, my heart, more than once today. It's Allie. I, I feel a little called out right now. <laughs> I feel, I feel like you know me, and you're probably right. And originally, I was like, I'm going to be the one talking about the green dragonfly. And then I was like, you know what? I don't know if I want to be the one to do that. <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> yes, here my we heart are. or my emotions. It's going to happen. It's uh, going to happen. I, I just, I know it. It's fine. Ursonk. Sarah, I mean, yeah, we'll we'll get there. <laughs> it's, all, it's all sorts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, don't maybe worry. you know me. Yeah, it's don't fine. worry. We're not gonna dwell on those bits. Don't worry. It's, it's, it's real passing. Real, just pass by. Just say hello. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Speaking of hello, how you doing, Allie? What you been up to? Hi. Hey, Ben. Hi. Hello. Well, since we last recorded, my raid did get AOTC. We record we, we, words. We record right now tonight. We raid. <laughs> I'm gonna blame the the drink. Uh, we raid Wednesdays and Thursdays, and we got it Wednesday night, which is great. It means we took Thursday off. I was very grateful for that because then I went back into Alpha. I've been doing a lot of Alpha this past week, which has been great. And doing doing my job, you know. Reporting bugs, giving feedback, that kind of thing. But also, you know, just enjoying it and finding some like nooks and crannies when I go exploring and dragon riding. And I've created like three or four evokers because Draxler customizations are amazing and I love them. And it's very dangerous to me. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just kind of, you know, testing things out and enjoying all of that. I'm ready for, you know, every week we get like a new thing to test out right new zone a new aspect of it so i'm excited to see what the new zone is going to be i'm hoping that we get tailoring soon so i can finally test tailoring and lots of dragon riding because that's ridiculously fun it is fun i didn't even do it on an actual dragon riding yet i just did it as the drag there and i was like this is cool <laughs> i say we about a million times all this sounds much better than that that sounded like a pig who was like <laughs> running away or something? Echo commercial. <laughs> exactly. Wee! Little pin, little pinwheels and stuff. I would totally do that. But uh, <laughs> I just I get really excited when I go flying, and it's really it's it's fun. It's it's fun. It is fun actually. Um, it, yeah. No shame. No shade. No no things. Words of negative connotation. None of those because I was doing the same thing. 
I was like, this, this, <laughs> good. Is, this good. is great. This is great. My favorite thing is that when I was an alpha, I like sent in a bug. Then I realized, oh, I shouldn't send that. Oh, well, can I retract a bug? Because <laughs> <laughs> I just realized that, oh, you got to use the request item and it fixes it. It resets your cooldown. Oh, to reset it. Yeah. There was one time, though, where you couldn't reset your cooldown. Like, the, the item, like, wasn't there or something. Mm. Or something. Yeah. Something. Right. That, that cooldown reset item was great. Because it's like, oh, five-minute cooldown for flying? No. We can, we can keep doing this. But even then, like, five... That was one of my feedbacks. Is like, five minutes just feels way too long for that cooldown. It does. Quest or no quest. That's just that's just too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what have you, uh, what have you been up to? What's going on in your life? I feel like there's things... Do you want to tell the people why we're recording on a Monday instead of a Tuesday? Yeah. Yeah, because I'm going to go to the Lumineers tomorrow. Yep. We're going to go see the Lumineers. From that's awesome. Originally from Denver, Colorado. Yep, that's where they're from. Did you know that? <laughs> it's yep. true. That's true. I did. I did know that. Yeah. 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 So I'm going to be seeing them over here in Sacramento instead. It's like, hey, Lumineers, how you doing? So yeah, we're going to be wasn't, we're, we're gonna be seeing them. Was, what, wasn't there a time, like, beginning of COVID or pre-COVID, yes. that you almost came here to see Lumineers? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then that didn't work out because of COVID or something. And yeah. now you get to see, see them finally. Yay. Yeah, this is like attempt number three because COVID. <laughs> and finally. COVID's good at that. Finally. It's actually going to happen. Um, well, obviously, it doesn't happen until it happens. It looks like it hasn't been canceled yet. Let's put it that way. And it's the day before. Still good. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm super excited about freaking seeing the Lumineers because I really like them. They're a great band. I like them. And on top of that, uh, I am officially, well, technically, like, if you want to get really technical, the first day of my training was today for my marathon, but Mondays are rest days, so it doesn't count. So, so. So, all right. Tomorrow is going to be officially my very first run uh, for the marathon training, which will be in December. So, yeah, if I'm ever going to be showing up on this podcast, and I'm going to be like, just give me a second. I'm really tired. <laughs> sleepy sleep. You'll know why. It's because, yeah. Just sleepy sleep. Starts with the running tomorrow, and it starts off strong. Starting off strong. 45 minute run. 45 minute run tomorrow. That's not, not too bad. Easy. Easy pace. Yeah. Man. All right. It's going to be good. It's going to be real good. I'm, I'm, I'm excited and simultaneously nervous. Yep. That's. <laughs> I think you're going to do fantastic. Just don't hurt yourself, please. That's that's all I ask. That's all I ask, too. That's literally all I ask. Well. No, <laughs> no hurts. Nope. Don't want to do that. Mm-mm. Not interested. Not interested in being hurt because I didn't like the way it felt on the, uh, you know, the half marathon. That hurt. That hurt. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Don't do not do that, Kay. Okay, yeah. thanks. No, thanks. Okay, thanks. Well, yeah, let's not do that. Drink plenty of electrolytes. Stay hydrated. Stay fueled. Yep, yep. All that good stuff. Yeah, because, oh, man, I guess real quick, funny story, man. Boy, when you're when you're like 22 and you don't know what you're doing, you just you just like, ah, I can just run a marathon. That's what I did. I didn't do any of the hydration. I didn't do any of the fueling. I just, I just, I just ran it. <laughs> it kind of worked. Wow. Kind of worked. It, ki- it kind of, define kind of. <laughs> kind of worked as in I finished, <laughs> but let's just Did put you it pass this way. out afterwards but no i'm just saying i know what it i know what it i know what the the wall feels like i'll put it that way because <laughs> it's <laughs> it's very much your body goes hey bro we're done it's over <laughs> throw in that towel start walking <laughs> yeah so uh yeah you gotta 
Gotta have snacks. Gotta have snacks when you're running. Yeah, it's gonna be great. I got snacks now. They're really good. They taste like espresso. I like them. Ooh. Well, speaking of espresso, <laughs> or whatever. Past transition. I'm so good at these transitions. Frasley would be proud. <laughs> <laughs> she would, yes, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, anyway, here's a, here's our my espresso take or something. Here we go. Nothing beats a brew shared between <laughs> friends. You know, what's Ellie? What are we drinking? Huh? What's going on? Not espresso, for the record. Well, technically, I don't drink those either. Oh, I mean, I kind of do. It's gel. It's like goo. It's literally goo. It's like, it's like but this is this like is not goo. goo though. It's not goo. It is not goo. It's not goo. It's not even a this goo. Is, this is Tokyo. No, it's not. It's Tokyo tea. Uh huh. What is Tokyo tea? What what is that? Um, basically, it is what happens when twenty five year old me, who back in the day always wanted a really fully stocked liquor area cabinet what, what have you right for right. me it's a little area in our pantry i was like that'd be so cool i'd be so cool if i had that thanks to the show that's been growing and growing and growing and <laughs> after this particular drink i think i can officially say that i bought gin for the first time that's right i bought gin and um it's very pricey and i haven't <laughs> worth every penny um <laughs> i i haven't had tequila i haven't bought tequila in a while and um, I haven't bought like tri- triple sack in a long time. It's like I just I can I feel like I can make any cocktail now entirely ever. You can make thanks a margarita. To what I have, I could. It's mm-hmm. true. Yeah, you could tequila triple sack. Bam! I can make so many things right now. So many. Uh, things. But yeah, so it's basically a half ounce of everything ever mixed with a full like shot of Midori. Uh-huh. And some soda water and some lemon juice. Yeah, it's basically. It's a Long Island iced tea, but it's green. Oh, uh, no whiskey. There's no whiskey. I said everything. That's not true. No whiskey. Yeah, that would be weird. Be no scotch. Weird. We did that. But I will say, so, so it is. So it is vodka and gin and white rum and tequila and the Midori and some lemon juice. I have to say, for being the wide range of ingredients, it actually comes together really well. It mixes well, it's smooth, it's tasty, and it all just kind of, it comes together really well. Oh, and soda water. Did we say that yet? Soda water. Yeah. That's in there too. Mm-hmm. But just, it comes together really well. It's impressive. And simple syrup too. Oh, and simple syrup. Yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised. I was like, because, you know, it's basically a Long Island iced tea. It really is. But instead of Coke, you put soda water in it and you throw Midori in there too. You turn it green. So instead of look, make it look like tea, make it look like green. Because uh, green. Hmm, wonder why we pick it green. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. That's mystery. It's a mystery. It's a, it is a mystery. It, it is a mystery. I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 so the funny thing is, too, because it's like, oh, top it with soda water. And I didn't like I didn't like mix it up afterward. When I first started drinking it, I was, pretty, I was just drinking soda water for a while. Because <laughs> it like was nice and separated. It was like, here's the here's the drink. And then here's the soda water. And it's like. Now I'm getting down to the drink, and it's like, oh, that is tasty. Look at that. Uh, oh, hello. How you doing? <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? I didn't know you were so powerful. Hello. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that's good. I like that. It's like it's like three tanuki suits is what I would give it. That's a it's a pretty good rating. <laughs> three tanuki suits. I love the tanuki suit. The tanuki suit. I best. will. It is. I will. I will say though that if you are someone who doesn't do well with like 
mixing of the alcohols, this drink is not for you. No, because it's all of them about whiskey. Just just about just about all of them. <laughs> it's I true. bought gin for the first time. Never bought gin before. Mm, I couldn't afford it. Couldn't afford it. It's, it's true. <laughs> true. It's true. It's such a dumb joke. <laughs> oh, it could get so much worse, but we're just going to leave it right there. <laughs> hey, speaking of leaving it right there, you got a job to do. You do. do I do. Hey, hey, do the haze. That's what we're doing. <laughs> Instead of Hey, hey. Arnold, it's Hey Alley. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. But no, it's not really Hey Alley because it's Hey Everyone. Hello. Hi. Time for me to be awkward. Do you like supporting shows that talk about the hobbies and interests that you are also into? Do you find yourself talking back to the host out loud or laughing at us or rolling your eyes at us while you're listening in the car or riding the train or taking a dog for your walk? Your walk. Yep, your walk. Your dog is walking you. It's a whole thing. If you've answered yes to any of those questions, stay tuned to the end of the show to find out how you can keep this show and our incredibly silly habits going. Mm-hmm. And speaking of silliness, let's get into it. How am I supposed to live, laugh, love in these conditions? <laughs> I forgot about that bumper already. <laughs> so it makes me laugh. <laughs> All right. We're not going to go super deep into this. There's not a lot. Not a lot. Because I couldn't find anything directly related to the Blizzard side of things. So let's turn our attention, everybody, over to Riot Games for a moment. Oh, Riot. Riot Games. They're a riot, all right. All right. So, do we all remember, before there was a Blizzard lawsuit, there was a Riot lawsuit. Mm-hmm. And recently, California court approved their $100 million settlement that will be split between nearly 2,000 women that worked at Riot Games back uh, going back to 2014. So this investigation was announced in 2018, three years before we learned anything about Activision Blizzard lawsuit. And like I said, we're not going to go too much into it. We just, they're like, they settled the $100 million suit. And I just was wanted to take a moment here to say, all right, celebrate the win. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that this is, this was the outcome because it sounds like the culture over at Riot, very similar to what was going on in Activision. So, so I'm very happy that that's how it turned out. And anyway, hopefully this is actually going to set an example of how the Blizzard suit uh, for the DFEH will go. All right. And real quick, second an example of how long something like this takes to resolve yep because that's another thing that i wanted to just i don't know like just serve as a little reminder not just for all you listeners but for myself too this started in 2018 we've we've only been going on for a year and they just settled this suit so so yeah so just like that we mentioned last week that we discussed the unionization effort of the show and how long something like that takes and something like like this may take to resolve. So it is a truly long road for all this stuff. Change takes a friggin' long time. As they say, the, uh, what is it? The wheels of justice turn incredibly slow. So there you go. Just as a silly little reminder. But yeah, super happy that the, um, that the settlement, $100 million settlement went there. And just as another little reminder, hey, remember that 18 million one? Nope, it's not good enough. There you go. What are your thoughts, Allie? Did you did you see this news? I did not, admittedly, because I was too busy. Uh, but I agree. I think that this is a great example of how the eighteen million is not too much. You know, it's, it's it's not enough. It's not enough. And I like that the fact that this lawsuit goes back to you know the victims from twenty fourteen. 
Whereas I want to say it's either DFEH or the SEC or the E. There's too many letters now for the ABK stuff. Whatever Alphabet Soup one that like just finished. EEOC. Yeah, that's the one. EEOC. I knew there was an E and a C in there. (laughs) Um, That one's 2016. I remember right. Yes. And which is frustrating because like it, some of these issues go back longer than that. So, um, but I'm, I'm really great. I'm really grateful that this finished at least, you know, for these workers. And it's, you're right. Like it's a good example that it's going to take a while, unfortunately. And, you know, if they keep pushing and going for it, you know, hopefully, you know, Hopefully they succeed. Hopefully the DFEH succeeds and, you know, these these victims get some some compensation for what they've had to go through. I I agree. These people. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it. Like I said, super quick one uh, this week. Didn't have a lot to cover. Uh, So, yeah, I think with that, we're just going to jump right into this fantastic, wonderful and just big, juicy, meaty topic today. So, so, so meaty for some reason. I don't know. There's like meat involved. It's weird. I don't know what's happening. What you talking about? What you talking about? What you talking about? What you what you what you talking about? What are you talking about? <laughs> what know. meat? Meaty? <laughs> are you gonna eat your Sarah? Like, do we need to talk about this? <laughs> what? No, you gotta feed the bear or something. No, your sock, right? <laughs> what's happening? Okay. Okay. Anyways. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. We're on the rails. We're back on though. It's Brussels and meat. It's it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> hmm. <A> nice pairing. <laughs> Just like I guess. espresso with sure. a nice steak there. That's, oh man, that's that's interesting. Okay, okay. <laughs> what are we talking about? It's not meat and espresso. I, mean, maybe it I don't even know anymore. It's, it's a fine. new podcast. Brand new podcast. <laughs> it's the meat and espresso hour. <laughs> All right. So what we're actually talking about is hey, it's the green dragon flight and other things because you know I got well, let's let's take 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 a sit down everybody we'll pop a squat let's let's talk for a second all right so the green dragon flight you know when you do research for the green dragon flight you know what you're gonna get a lot of they're in the Emerald Dream oh what are they doing in there I don't know <laughs> so yeah. we're gonna talk about some other stuff too. <laughs> We're going to fill this episode, is what I'm saying. <laughs> so you're going to get bonus stuff. <laughs> All right. So, over the past several episodes, we discussed different dragon flights, right? We, we, had, we, had, we had the red ones, the black ones, the blue ones, the bronze ones, the teal, the turquoise. I don't know. <laughs> and now, finally, after a little jaunt with Berserker with the 925 goodness, we're here. We made it. It's the green. It's the green, everybody. We're here. So... Like I said, sure. Yes. The story. We're going to be covering the story. Story. This episode. We're going to be covering the story behind Ysera and her green dragon flight. Mm-hmm. And like I said, this is a little different. We already kind of talked about that. So let's let's jump past it. So anyway, blah, 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 blah. So rather than just talk about their history, we're going to go and do a deep dive right into the place I assumed we would have gone in Shadowlands, the Emerald Dream. Mm-hmm. Because you can't talk about the green dragon flight. Without talking about the Emerald Dream, it's true. It's true. It's like it's like you talking about peanut butter without talking about jelly. Possible. That's just silly. 
All right. <laughs> well, like I said, since you can't separate the two. All right. Uh, we're, this way we can't, bleh, can't discuss the Emerald Dream without discussing you, Sarah. It's all, it's all connected. It's all connected. Just go with me, all right? We're going to start there. So, just like all the previous aspects we've discussed, Ysera first became an aspect when she was empowered by the Titan Keeper, Freya. Freya, with the power of ENR. You know, it is the power of ENR. But it was Freya that technically did it, because ENR had already left. You, you get the idea. All right. You, we follow the timelines, right? Okay. All right. And they, you know, they decided to zip-zap, zoop them. Pow, pow, give them the Lulus or whatever uh, after they aided Tyr in defeating Galakron. You know, that big bad guy that we talked a whole bunch about. Mm-hmm. All right. So, like I said, beyond what we already talked about uh, in previous episodes, multiple times, uh, the only thing that I actually think is worth mentioning here is that Ysera is the sister, technically clutchmate, but sister, of Alexstrasza. So they really totally are like same batch of eggs, clutchmates. You know, you get the idea. They're sisters. They actually had another brother. I don't remember their name. They uh, And the brother was actually orange-colored. Did you know that? Fun. fun I did right? not actually know this. Yeah, their brother was orange. Yeah. Don't remember the name. Uh, they <laughs> only appear in uh, Dawn of the Aspects. They don't get turned into an aspect, so... Sorry. Okay. So not we're, a, we're not going to talk about that. Yeah, it's, it's fine. That's, we're going to keep moving. But they were orange. That's the fun topic. Anyway. <laughs> Interesting. So, you know how when they, you know, it's the only reason I really want to bring this up is because, you know, there was that quest in Shadowlands when you went and talked to Alexstrasza, you know, because you were thinking like, oh, she lost Cory, Cory Alexstrasza, maybe she can get a token of a lost love. And she gave, uh, you know, a, a carving that Ysera had given her because that was like her best friend and her best love and all that kind of stuff. I was going to say my heart or something. Uh, <laughs> I'm refraining. It's, fu- it's fine. Continue. <laughs> yeah. So that, that is why I wanted to bring this up, because they really were, like, best of friends. Best of friends. Um, so, yeah. There we go. And Ysera uh, and her would always remain close, because since Ysera was actually kind of the runt of the litter, too. She was the, she right. was, she was the wee one. And had Alex Straza not taken such good care of her, she probably would have died. So Ysera always felt like uh, she was always in her debt. But, you know. But not in like a, oh, I got to pay you back. Just like, you're awesome. I love you. You're my sister. There you go. That's that's what it was. <laughs> you're my sister. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So like we said, Ysera comes an aspect. When that happened, she entered an endless trance and became known as Ysera the Dreamer. Okay. Her task was to watch over the Emerald Dream. And had you asked the question, hey, Jin, what exactly is the Emerald Dream? Well, a few years ago. I would have been able to answer it pretty confidently. However, thank you, Shadowlands. Just much like a lot of other lore. <laughs> the answer's a little muddled now. It's true. It's true. There's some caveats and things that we have to throw in there now. So before we throw in the caveats, first we're going to start with what Freaky Chronicle Volume 1 says about the Emerald Dream. So here we go. So here you go. Allie, take it away because you you're a great narrator. Do it. Do it, do it. <clears throat> the Emerald Dream is an ethereal realm of spirits and untamed nature that exists alongside the world of Azeroth. Incredible beings known as the Keepers forged the Emerald Dream to act as a map for the evolutionary path of Azeroth's flora and fauna. The two realms are bound as one, 
As life ebbs and flows across the physical world, the spiritual energies that saturate the Emerald Dream keep pace with it. Although tied to the physical world, the Emerald Dream is a place that most mortals' minds would find alien and surreal. But some of those minds, by channeling druidic magic, can enter a state of dreaming and consciously navigate the Emerald Dream. Their thoughts can also shape and influence portions of this verdant spirit realm. But the imprint that these dreamers leave behind is never permanent. In the dreamways, time and distance are mutable. Spirits flow like living winds through lush tracks of constantly shifting primordial woodlands. What appears tangible one moment becomes intangible the next. Seemingly impermeable landmarks transform in the blink of an eye. Yep. That's the dreamable dream, everybody. Okay. Yep. That, that's it. Done. Pack up the shop. No. No, no. That's that's not it. <laughs> now you're probably thinking, okay, cool. I know what the Emerald Dream is now. Yay. Well, let's go ahead and read the same description of the Shadowlands, and you can see why I feel like the description is a little lacking in details. Like the Emerald Dream, the Shadowlands are tangibly linked to the world of Azeroth. Yet whereas the Emerald Dream represents life, the Shadowland represents death. They are nightmarish realms of decay, labyrinth, labyrinthine spiritual places, labyrinthine, that's a weird word, places teeming with the souls of the dead who have passed from the world of the living. The origins of the Shadowland remain uncertain, but they have existed ever since mortal life first arose in the physical universe. Many believe the mortal souls are drawn into the dark place at the point of death where they remain forever after. Still others hope that their souls will go on to a brighter place rather than languish for eternity within the cold confines of the Shadowlands. Okay? As you, that's the whole thing. That's it. That's that's the description of the Shadowlands. Kind of makes sense back, you know, in BFA before we knew anything about the Shadowlands, right? Like, okay, it's the realm of death, right? That is, it's, it's lacking some detail. It's lacking a lot of detail. Not talking anything about Ardenweald. Doesn't talk anything about, you know, Bastion being this great place. Just talks about, oh, the realms of the dead get there somehow. Doesn't talk about the Kyrian. Doesn't talk about how there's a an undying army of the, the Necro Lords. Zero context, right? So that's why when you get the Emerald Dream up there, kind of makes you wonder. I feel like it's missing something. Okay? So, anyway, I'll go my notes here. I said, obviously, this description is woefully inadequate after spending a whole expansion there. So that leaves us wondering if we're going to learn that the Emerald Dream is a whole lot more than just a backup copy of Azeroth like we first learned about so long ago. Oh, Allie, what do you think the Emerald Dream really is? I think it's a point and time and a place where the writers keep changing the definition of. <laughs> Sometimes that's what it feels like. So... Like, you know, we, we start with the knowledge that the Emerald Dream is, you know, a backup copy of Azeroth, but it has layers. Like, Malfurion taught us that there was layers to it, right? And all that jazz. And then we talked at one point when, in one episode, I can't remember what number it was off the top of my head. We talked about the whole closed loop system between Emerald Dream and reality, you know, Azeroth, and, and then Shadowlands, right? And so, we, you know, through Shadowlands, we learn it's all connected, the Emerald Dream, Shadowlands, and you know we we go through Odin Wheel, you kind of get a glimpse of you know the the death versus life and the the spring versus winter, 
you know, kind of concept. And uh, I think really the Emerald Dream is just shaped to be whatever they want the Emerald Dream to be. <laughs> it's kind of yes. what it feels like. Druids, Druids and green dragonflight peoples go there to go sleepy sleeps. And <laughs> the Void really want to infiltrate it. And they have managed to a couple of times. And it's not good. And a lot of the people that care about that go there and will dream like Sarah and and Ursok <laughs> and my heart. And see, I had it in there somewhere just to, you know, peace Jen over here. Um, this really is just the worst description of the dream. So <laughs> your, your words are much more um, eloquent. What do you think the Emerald Dream really is? Why well, is the Emerald Dream? At this point, I think it's basically Ardenweald, but in the "quote unquote" life lands. Yeah, that's that is my best guess. So you, I have, think that's right. And I don't know. It just there's a lot of inconsistencies at this point that don't really line. It really up. is because it's like okay, we thought it was a backup copy. There was backup copy, and you know. Now Furion was like, oh, you thought I was in the Emerald Dream, but I'm now in the Slayer, and now I can get around your magic. And ha ha ha. Screw you, Deathwing. Right? That was a War of the Ancients novel, by the way. It's where he does that. Okay. Totally makes that noise, too. He does. He does that stuff all the time. It's really weird. <laughs> and and then at one point, we thought the Emerald Dream was just like, you know, Ysera goes there, and also there's the Emerald Nightmare, right? It's a big deal. Scary, spooky stuff, right? Things are happening. Don't really know what, but okay. Here's the thing. And it's like, they just have these characters and they just keep bringing them back. And they're like, oh, well, this person did this, but now this person, Xavius is who I'm going to be talking about a little bit. Xavius. They're just like, ah, just keep, just keep coming back, baby. Keep coming back. So yeah, that's, that's what I, where I'm kind of thinking. Uh, because, uh, so here, yeah, here we go. Here's what the Emerald Dream is. Richard Knack did a whole lot of really cool world building. All right. He was like, Really good at creating just these interesting, intricate, beautiful, wonderful stories where there really wasn't any background lore. Okay, he's like, oh, this dragon, she goes to the Emerald Dream, and oh, this one, she's the she's the life binder. Oh, but this one, he's he's an Altharian, he's the Earth Order. But oh man, there, did you know there's old gods in the planet? Yeah, he, he got a little crazy. Oh no, so that happened. <laughs> Um, oh no! And, and just he he, had, he threw all this stuff in, and then like Metzen, and then now like Stevie D, and all them. They're just like, well, this is really cool. But I don't know what to do with this because <laughs> I don't think even once we have been told what they're doing in the Emerald Dream. Like other than like the Storm Rage novel where they spend a lot of time in the Emerald Dream, and really it's just they're trying to save Malfurion for the most part and deal with the Emerald Nightmare. They're not usually doing anything in the Emerald Dream. Yeah. Yeah, it's usually like, oh, put the Worgen to sleep. Put him in the Emerald Dream, right? They, they do things like that. Right? They're like, oh, the the druids of the of the, the pack shape. Nope, that's bad. Gotta make him go night-night. So they wouldn't put him underneath Darlnir and they went to sleep. Like, that's what the Emerald Dream was. It's like, it's like a, it's a thing that they've used. And now hopefully Stevie D and crew will finally flesh it out and I, I actually do think it's going to be well we you know with Fareem and all the different fractals and all this kind of stuff and talking about the you know paying so much attention to the cosmology chart and the six different forces it makes sense that the Emerald Dream would slot into the realm of life 
and is probably right. just one of the infinite realms of the the realms of life or whatever they're going to call it. They could call it the verdant landscape for all I care. It's like whatever, like shadowed or, or like that's more void than death, but it's so, true. It's true. Anyway, so that's what I think it is. Uh, so what, if anything, Ally, will we learn about the Emerald Dream and Dragonflight? Oh, gosh, I hope we learn so much. Just just so much. And hopefully a little more clarifying of what Stevie D and team want to mold it into at this time. <laughs> Since we have gotten so many different things of like what it is and what it could be and blah, blah, blah. So I'm hoping that when we, you know, when we spend some time with the Green Dragonflight and learn some things and whatnot, that we actually get a chance to learn more concreteness about the Emerald Dream and what it is and maybe even visit it. Not in the way that you, Jin, wish we would and think we should have in the past, but even a little bit. Because I feel like there's been little bits here and there throughout the expansions where we visit or get to see into it a little bit. So I'm hoping we actually, you know, maybe even get a little bit more... You know, help wake up some dragons because they're sleepy sleeps. And hey, let's go to the Dragon Isles, everyone. Come join us. Wake awake from your slumber. Hey. Dra- dragon Isles awaits. Hey, Charlie. This is Dragon Isles. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes, it did sound like that. Absolutely. I got a candy man, Charlie. <laughs> oh, God. It's going to be stuck in my head forever now yeah oh god they got my kidney (laughs) (laughs) oh goodness that's a whole other thing so yeah um i think we're gonna learn more about hopefully ideally there'll be some kind of we'll learn about it and also some kind of time with shadowlands because i feel like since we just had the shadowlands expansion and all of a sudden we're back on azeroth and dragon Isles. haha like, it would be nice to have some kind of tie-in back to, their, to the Emerald Dream. Be like, remember how you guys were in the Shadowlands? Well, you know, here's what the Emerald Dream's all about. And here's how it releases the Shadowlands. And here's how we have to help. Well, if they're going to be setting up the Cosmo Disco Wars, like we all assume they're going to be doing, I think they're going to have to explain a little bit about the Emerald Dream pretty soon. And what's going yeah. on over there. Because, yeah. I mean... We all kind of figure like, it's like, oh, it's the light. We, we, no one's over here going like, I wonder what the light lands are like. Probably pretty bright. That's probably what it is. And the void is like kind of opposite, right? Because we haven't had any like tie-ins of the of, of the different, you know, books and, and novels where it's like, oh, they traveled here. And then Ysera was the, the steward of the, the Emerald Dream. And it's like, yeah, so... We'll be cool with whatever we get with the light and the void and, you know, order and twisting nether because it's basically what the chaos is going to be. So I'm good with all that. I just want to know what's up with the Emerald Dream and Elun and all that kind of stuff. And what's up with Elunaria, right? Throw that in there, too. Right. What's up with that? Yeah. What's up with that? So tell me, Stevie D, what's up with that? All right. If the Green Dragons were supposed to be the stewards of the Emerald Dream, what were they doing? Do you know, Allie? They were sleepy seeps. And then... While they were sleepy sleeps and in Azeroth, you kind of, you know, you still see their body, even though there are sleepy sleeps in the Emerald Dream. And then you do quests around them and somehow form a bond with them, even though they're busy being sleepy sleeps. 
Wait, mm-hmm. is that just is that just me? Is that? I think that might okay. just be you. Okay, but that's a, that's a thing. We'll see. It so, happens in Dragonblight. It's a thing. It's it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it'll happen. Well, uh, without knowing more about the animal dream, we can only speculate what their job in the dream actually was. Because I don't know, tending gardens. I don't know. It's like a freaking half hill or something like that where they're farming up in the Emerald Dream. Was that what's going on? I don't know. Could be. Uh, <laughs> maybe? But, uh, maybe. I don't know. I mean, it's supposed to be this beautiful, like, pristine copy of Azeroth. So it's like, you're just keeping it pristine? You're just picking up trash or something like that? Is that what happened? Oh. Maybe. Well, because so we think about in terms of, say, Ursoc or, you know, various wild seas that, you know, they, they die, right? And they go to Shadowlands and to, to my Ardenweald. They're in the seeds to, like, regain their strength and whatnot, right? Right. And then then they go to Emerald Dream to then be born again or whatever it is. Oh, and I got it. I got it. I maybe, know. They're, maybe they're, like, having to help the peoples I figured it come out. back. Or scenarios, scenarios. Mm. You know, they're busy helping him and stuff, too. So, okay. So when you die... And you're connected right. to the, the dreamways and this and that, whatever. And you go to Ardenweald. That's like when you go you, you go to the intensive care unit, right? You, they put you in a pod, right? And then they, they get, then you, you just got to recover. You're in a coma for a while. It's like, all right, we'll give you, give you some anima. Give you some anima. Get you back nice and strong. And now we're going to ship you off to the Emerald Dream. That's kind of like going to physical therapy, right? So that's what Yasari yeah, was doing. Yeah, she's like, I, I right, like that. All right, everybody, let's get some stretches in. All right, come on, we're gonna do some medicine ball work. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> so, that's what Yasari was doing. She's the. I like this. She's the that's head good. physical physical therapist in the in the Emerald Dream. <laughs> yeah, she's helping people out, getting them better, getting them ready to go back to Azeroth for completing the whole cycle. I mean. We we joke, but that might actually be what it was. It could it could actually be a thing, yes, for sure. It might actually be a thing, considering how this whole thing is set up, with Ardenweald being the the fall and winter, and Emerald Dream being the spring and summer before they go back to Azeroth. Yeah, yep, yeah, this might be. Anyway, we figured it out. There we go. It out. PT. That's what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here we go. Now, there is one thing that you can't really talk about where you can talk. You can't not talk about. There we go. You cannot not talk about it if you talk about the Emerald Dream. <laughs> and that is the Emerald Nightmare. Right? It's kind of like athlete's foot. Right? It gets everywhere. It's nasty. You gotta wear shower <laughs> shoes. <laughs> yeah, it's the Emerald Nightmare. So what is the Emerald Nightmare, you ask? Well, thank you for asking. I will tell you. Well... It originally managed to begin corrupting the dream when Fandral Staghelm decided it would be a good idea to grow a new world tree in Northrin to help stop the spread of Serenite. Don't believe me? Well, let me explain. Okay. About a thousand or two years after the Sundering, somewhere in there, the druids of the Cenarian Circle were getting reports of some pretty horrible things happening up at Nor- Northrin. And it was discovered that the source was this crystallized blood of Yaxaran, Serenite. It was causing all the problems. So Fandral decided the best way to solve the problem was to grow a big ass tree. Grow a tree. It's it's like people fighting climate change. They're like, grow a big ass tree. Suck up all the carbon. He's going to suck up all the serenite. All right? <laughs> well, 
He was told that it would be. He was told that it would not be a good idea to grow a new one without the blessing of the dragonflies. Because the last time where they grew a tree, they had a, a seed from the from the mother tree of. I don't friggin'. You remember the name, name of the tree? It's not Darlnir. It's a Ganara Ganora Sure, Ganir or something like that. I don't friggin' know. Ganir. That sounds. That sounds right. That sounds right. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, so the the mother tree again from the Emerald Dream. Uh, so they were like, "Hey, grow this, grow this big tree, and we'll we'll Hominus Dominus, and they'll bless it." And that's what they did. Well, Fandral was like. That thing is so cool. I like big trees. Well, who doesn't like big trees? I mean, you ever go yeah. back up to the big trees? They're freaking awesome. Oh, they're great. But you go up to the big trees, and he's like, you know what? We're up in the north now, and you know what the north needs? More big trees. I'm going to make a really big one. Have you been to Grizzly Hills? It's freaking awesome. Let's make it even grizzlier. I love it. More grizzly. So he wanted another big tree. Well, guess what happens when you grow a big tree up in Northrend? Hmm? What, you know what happens? Apparently, the roots grow into Yog Saron's prison. Oops. That's it's like it's like you planted a tree right, you know, right in your friggin' where your sewage pipe is, and just all the nasty <laughs> basically came come out. It's pretty much what happened. Anyway, so he planted Andrasil, Crown of the Snow, uh, Crown of the Snow, and it actually did do a good, a good job of cleaning up the Serenite. It's like, yay, good job, Fandral. And but then, like we said, bad, bad Fandral. Bad. Because busted a hole, Yagsaron, and then Yagsaron's like, whoa, what is this? And Yagsaron was able to tap into the Emerald Dream, and he planted some of the old gods' corrupting influence in there. And the funny thing is, funny thing is, if you were like, oh, who's all up in the Emerald Nightmare? Which of those old gods did it? The actual answer is Dazoth. He, he's the one who actually did most of it, like all the corrupting stuff. It was Yogg that got it started. He's like, I'm just going to put this right here. And one of my nasty ass pestilent brothers or sisters or whatever is going to just yuckify the place. I'm good, though. I'm just I'm just going to get it started. He just starts things. That's what Yogg does. He just starts things. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> so anyway, like I said, it was Nizah. All right. Now, again. So you know how it's like you can't talk about the Emerald Dream without talking about the Emerald Nightmare? Well, you can't talk about the Emerald Nightmare without bringing up the Nightmare Lord himself. And that is Xavius. Yep. And this guy has a fun history that could probably get a whole episode. <laughs> probably. Yeah, you probably could easily get a whole episode out of him. But the super short version was he was Queen Ashara's right-hand man, also the leader of the Highborn, until he was killed by Malfury with a big-ass lightning bolt. <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> Yeah, so he died. But then Sargeras was like, I say nay nay. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to make you a satyr, right? I'm going to make you Philatites, trainer of heroes. First, you must seek out Philatites, the trainer of heroes. No, he made him Xavius. Call me Phil. The first satyr, something like that. I don't know. So he's a satyr now. He's like, he's like, hey, I got goat hooves. And I'm like, I'm like evil, but I still got my magic eyes. Because he's got magic eyes, everybody. He's got magic eyes. So Malfurion killed him. Sargeras was like, I got more to do with you. And he's a satyr. Well, guess what? <laughs> that satyr got defeated by Malfurion yet again with a little help from old Sandra Feathermoon. L- little help. Little help from his friend and adopted daughter. Anyway, so what had happened is she shot his ass with an arrow. And, and he's like, ow. 
that hurt. And then Malfurion was like, ooh, I could use that. <laughs> and he used that and he turned it into a tree. Uh, that was so... And that's the thing. I don't know if he turned Xavius into a tree. I think it was more of he grew a tree around him. That's how I believe how it worked. What do you, what do you think? Something like that. I think, though. Yeah, around him. Yeah. So it's like, and you're caught in a tree now. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> so he's caught in a tree now. Uh, so yeah. And uh, so Xavius is caught in a tree. And then the Sundering happened. Yeah. Malfurion was like, well, Thargaris, the... You know, the dread titan or whatever is going to invade the world. I'm going to use the dragon soul and go explode, explode, explode. No more world well of eternity. Sundering happens. And, well, you can't run away when you're stuck in a tree. So it's true. It's true. So he went to the bottom of the ocean because that's what happened with most of that stuff. You know, and, you know, friggin Ashara was like, ah, she couldn't hold it no more. But then Nazoth was like, I like deals. Right, so he went to the, he went to the bottom of the ocean too, and he's stuck in a tree, and he's a satyr. Like okay, well, guess who's also down at the ocean? Which, again, if you really look at the map in Chronicle, doesn't make sense, but we're just gonna go with it. Yeah. So, so Nazoth is down in the ocean, and he's probably chit chatting with a tree. I guess he's like, "Hey man, <laughs> you're stuck in a tree, right?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm stuck in a tree down here in the bottom of the ocean." Kind of like eternal torment or something. He's like, hey, well, I got this guy up north. He kind of corrupted this weird place called the Emma Dream. How about I send you there? So that's kind of what probably what happened. Doesn't actually really say. He just he's like, hey, you're in the Emma Dream now. Probably because he was in a tree. Kind of makes sense. You know, all that druid magic and stuff like that. Well, anyway. Yeah. So yeah. He's, he's, a night, he's the nightmare, nightmare lord now. Okay. All right. Are we good? So we got the Emerald Dream, the Emerald Nightmare, and a Nightmare Lord. Cool. All right, getting back to the Green Dragon Flight for just a bit. All right, around this time is when we start seeing the Nightmare Dragons appear. All right, and this is uh, probably right around Classic. Classic is when, they, when we start seeing them. Now, the Nightmare Dragons, they're not technically a separate flight. They are actually green dragons corrupted by the Nightmare. It's really sad. Really sad. They get corrupted and they get all... Ah, they get spooky and nightmare esque. Alright, so they're corrupted by the nightmare. And in fact, the first appearance of these corrupted green dragons is the world boss in vanilla. Wow. The dragons of nightmare. So they're the world bosses. Right? So this has been an issue since the beginning of the game. Yeah. Been an issue the whole time. True. Whole, whole time. Alright, now let's quickly run through the history here of all this stuff. Because. We didn't see or hear much of the Green Dragon Flight in the game until Wrath of the Lich King. They weren't really in Classic other than the Dragons of Nightmare. And they weren't really anywhere in the Burning Crusade. But they started popping up in Wrath of the Lich King. And strangely enough, the only reference we get to see of a Green Dragon that we really deal with in, in there. Uh, I don't know. wasn't. Was Ysera on the top of the, of, the, of the temple? I think she might have been, but she was still sleepy sleep. She had still had her eyes in closed. In ICC? Not, um, not an ICC, just in the Dragon Blight, at the t- Dragon Rest Temple or something. You know, standing next to Alex Straza, maybe? Where was we're Temple? Um, in, I'm trying to remember, because I know in Wrath, like, you know, in the, all the Dragon Flights have their, you know, little sections in Dragon Blight, right? Yeah. I remember in Wrath, she was Sleepy Sleeps. Yeah, because she and doesn't her body wake up was in Kata, the, yeah. Yeah, because I know her body was, like, her dragon body 
was in the green dragon fights area of dragon bite. Right. Yeah, and I remember yeah. having to do some quests and stuff around there. And as a healer, I was like, Oh yes, Sarah, <laughs> I love you. And I will protect you with my life. <laughs> and then I became a war again. So that's great. Kind of what happened. Yep. She, she was just, she, she got bit in the line of duty. It's fine. Cause he won. <laughs> <laughs> She was a human back in Wrath, and then she she was doing her priestly duties in Cataclysm. She she bit. She got bit. Got bit. Got bit. Uh huh. <laughs> All right. Well, the most obvious dragon that we run into is actually in Icecrown Citadel. It's Vel- Vel- Velithria Dreamwalker. It is the first boss of the Frostwing Halls in ICC. And as an avid listener of Dungeon Fables, I know there really isn't much of a story behind this boss. <laughs> nope, which was super disappointing. Yeah, I remember that episode. She's like, oh, I was really looking. And there's nothing. <laughs> there's nothing at all. Absolutely nothing. I was a little bitter. Yeah, really nothing there. Anyway, so not really much in there. So uh, so what you do is you just rescue her and the healers, they go into the dream slash nightmare. More of the dream, I think. Whatever. I just know they fly. I've never done it. I've never done it. I just know they fly. The little portal things. It's like it's like swimming through the air. I didn't play a healer back then. I really never did. So it was uh, it was pretty fun. I like that bot that fight. Yeah. So uh you're swimming through the air. You're you're getting little green blobbies and then your heels go, you know, nutty nuts. And uh yeah, and then you heal a dragon and you you collect your loot, you move on. Yeah. By the way, if you didn't know what the whole point of that was, is Arthas wanted to kill a Velithria Dreamwalker and turn her into bones so that uh, he could raise her just like he did with Sindragosa. That's why she was there. Arthas just, he was like, Sindragosa, I love you, but that voice of yours, holy shit, I need a, I need a new <laughs> dragon. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's what's going on with that one. That's true. <laughs> All right. It is, it is very dramatic, her voice. I, it's always really sad because whenever I go there and I try and just like I try and just like go real slow to make her do the lines she won't do it since I'm just a warrior and I don't have any magic spells because my magic spells don't betray me so she doesn't she doesn't say <laughs> no, you, betray you <laughs> you, said, you said it wrong you said it wrong well, I didn't want to trigger people it's it's it's, it's bad <laughs> I have to put a content warning on this episode if I say that sorry I'm sorry <laughs> sorry people sorry <laughs> It's okay. You didn't do it quite like her, but it's it's, it's true. It's Suffer, true. mortals, as your pathetic magic betrays you. Now, the next important moment for the dream and Ysera was during Cataclysm. This is big, big, big moments. First off, Cataclysm is when several wild gods return from the Emerald Dream, giving us our first glimpse of the cycle of life and death that Ursoc should have been a part of. Uh, <laughs> uh, my emotions. Yes, he should have. <laughs> During Cataclysm is also when Ysera opened her eyes for the first time since, well, since she turned into an aspect. So think about it. It was a big damn deal. We just, I didn't really follow the lore super well back then. I didn't know what was going on the dragons. I was like, she opened her eyes. Who cares? Was I was that? so excited. I was like, Ysera, <laughs> oh my God, it's you and I love you. <laughs> oh my God, you can see me. You can like see me, see me. Hi. You don't know it, but we're besties and, and I love you and my heart, it beats for you. Hi. Good morning. <laughs> oh, wow. That's fantastic. All right. Well, anyway. So 
as you can imagine, this was quite disorienting for her. Mm -hmm. uh, at first, Ysera couldn't tell what was the, the dream and what was reality for a long time. She was just like, whoa, what? Okay, imagine if you were asleep for like 125,000 years and then you woke up and you haven't had your coffee yet, right? That was Ysera for a long time. She was like, Ugh. give me a second. <laughs> What's going on? I imagine it was like when you're you're kind of half asleep, you half asleep, and whenever you start saying things, you say, you say some stuff. Just you you, you just know. It's true. You just know yeah. we're wrong. You just your brain is like firing at like quarter speed, and you just you just say things. Like I tell you, here's a really good one. Here's a really good one. But one time when I woke up, I wasn't really awake yet. I I, I looked at my wife. And I was like, "You play StarCraft, don't you?" <laughs> what? She doesn't play Starcraft. <laughs> no, she does not. No, she doesn't. <laughs> and this is like, we're very early on in our marriage. It was super funny. So, yeah. Were you dreaming about Starcraft? I don't know what was going on. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> it's good to bring up. So, yeah. I was like, I was seriously like super half asleep. Still half asleep. Yeah, Sarah. She like looked at someone and was like, you play Starcraft, don't you? And everyone was like, what's Starcraft? <laughs> Fantastic. So, yeah, that's, that's yeah, Sarah. All right. Anyway. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, she was super disoriented because uh, she was now kind of existing in both realms and she didn't have her eyes closed and just in the dream, she was in both. And it's confusing. All right. So we got we got dragons we have, and cataclysm. Lots of dragons and cataclysm. Because well, then we also got to deal with this book. Because around the same time, the novel Storm Rage takes place. That's another beautiful yes. Richard Knack one. Another one. So... I really like the early Richard Necks, the um, the War of the Ancient trilogy, really good. Uh, even the Dawn of the Aspects, great read. Some of the like happening at the same time as the game, basically when there's a little bit more constraints around the crazies that he is allowed to do. I feel like that's where it's a little. It's not as it's not as good. It's not as good. But anyway, it's, it's still it's still a decent read. I, I didn't hate Storm Rage. Put it that way. I didn't hate it. But let's tell you what happened. I'm going to tell you what happened real quick. Actually, I'm not going to tell you really much of anything what happened. I'm just going to tell you kind of the end. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, we got the Storm Rage novel. Uh, now, we won't do a proper deep dive on this book, obviously, because it's you could do an episode of not more on this book. But this is when the nightmare nearly corrupted all of Azeroth and everyone fell asleep and things were being dealt with in the Emerald Nightmare because... Yeah, it's one of those things that you're like, hey, hey, Bob, you remember that like the seven, eight years ago when everyone fell asleep? It's like, no, I was asleep. How would I remember that? See, that's why no one talks about it. <laughs> right. So, yeah, like the whole of Azeroth pretty much fell asleep because the Emerald Nightmare was pretty much taking over. And um, the coolest part of this book is Broxigar's niece mm -hmm, was tricked by Malfurion to try and kill him. Yep. Uh, it turns out um, he actually just wanted wanted her to rescue him. Yeah. Because there we go. Because that's what happened. That's what happened. He was basically like, stop trying to kill me and kill me. Kind of like, you know, kind of like Morpheus. And uh, she uh, swung the, uh, she swung her, uh, her, her uncle's axe. And uh, he, she chopped down that tree. Problem was, he was trapped in the tree. So he's like, thanks. Appreciate that. And I don't know. I feel like Xavius was trying to give Malfurion a taste of his own medicine. Probably what was going on. I was like, you trap me in a tree. I trap you in a tree. Ha! Because <laughs> that's kind of what, what was happening. So, 
One thing that we need to bring up real quick is at the end of the Storm Rage uh, novel, Malfurion isn't able to cleanse the dream completely. And this is where Richard Knack goes all Richard Knack on us, right? Because what happens is, is the only thing that Malfurion is able to do is seal away the remainder of the corruption in the Rift of Alm. Okay? The Rift of Alm. Do you know what the Rift of Alm is? No. <laughs> it's it's a rift, and we, we, we go there at the end of Emerald Nightmare Raid. It, it's a rift. Yeah. A Vaughn. I don't know who Vaughn is, but it's a rift. Yeah, who's Vaughn? That's that's a that's a very good question. I've actually wondered that one myself. I don't I don't know. That's a great And one. why does he deserve to have like a rift named after them? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's weird. Like the Grand Canyon. What if but he had it? What if Vaughn what if Alm is the name of a Void Lord? Oh, that'd be cool. See, see that? See, come on, Blizz. Tell us. Just tell us. <laughs> Just tell us. Hey, Stevie D. Who's Alm? Who's Alm? And why does he deserve to have a rift named after him, her, they, them, it? Yeah. Yes, please. Please tell me. Okay. So, Rift <laughs> of Alm. He sealed away what was left of the corruption, including the spirit of Xavius. Mm-hmm. That's where Xavius was sealed away, and, well, that's why in the end of the Emerald Nightmare Raid, that's where we fight him. That's where he's stuck. All right. Okay, okay. So, uh, burp, 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 burp. Now, we'll discuss uh, what the rift is in a little bit more detail in a little bit, because I did find a little bit. Spoiler, it's not much. <laughs> <laughs> nope. All right. All right, here it is. The moment that we've all been dreading. Oh, my heart. <laughs> Legion. <laughs> the very basic story in the zone of Al is we team up with Malfurion and plan on asking Cenarius for a tier of a loon since we need the pillars of creation. Okay. Well, too bad he winds up getting corrupted and dragged into the nightmare. But Ysera tells us that we can find the tier at the Temple of a loon. And we could use it to save Scenarius as well. Well, too bad. Xavius got there first and corrupted the tear and used it to corrupt Ysera. And we had to kill her. My emotions. Yep. I hated it so bad. The literal tears. Like, to this day, I cannot watch the cinematic of her death without, um, with, without tears, without watering up. Yeah. Now... I am enough of a monster that I'll be playing the audio from that cutscene right you here. Are. But there is no dialogue, so we're just gonna keep talking. Oh dear Lord in heaven! <laughs> this yep, <laughs> keep talking, buddy. Keep talking. <laughs> this cutscene is incredibly important, and not just because we're reminded of this in Shadowlands questing, and Allie was traumatized all over again. Uh, it was, <laughs> as it shows the connection between Elune and Ysera, because. When she dies, Elune herself reaches down from the heavens and creates a constellation. Also, she probably just sent Ysera directly to Ardenweald. You know, was like, Kyrian, no, you're going straight to Ardenweald. Oh, absolutely. Like, where else would she go? Seriously. And also, she's a beautiful constellation, and I love her. Yeah, she is fantastic. And, uh, yeah, this is, like, one of the first times we really got to see Elune, like, take, like, nope. No, yeah, we're not. We're just gonna leave them. Elune's like, I will take that one, please. 
put this here. <laughs> She's coming back. She's coming back. Just like uh, Berserker and I both were 100% on a I believe so. Yeah. I believe so, yes. She will soar again. Oh, my heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the tears will flow, but this time, happy tears. Happy tears. <laughs> yep. All right. Okay. Now that we got all this background, we know that the nightmare is a corruption of the dream by the old gods. Originally, Yagsaron, then much more Yunazah. All right. We have basic understanding of how the dream came into being. Kind of. It was like, oh, it was shaped by the, the, the Titan Keeper Freya. Or not. I don't, first ones. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe we don't. All right. Uh, honestly, in my opinion, until we learn more about the first ones. Hey, look, I have part of the notes. Uh, <laughs> we won't really know how any of this got set up. Okay. Uh, this one thing, uh, oh, pfft, not this. The one thing I am pretty certain on, though, is the Emerald Dream is a lot like a lot like Shadowlands. It's likely nearly an infinite realm of the realms of life. Hey, look, I put it in the notes too. And the Emerald Dream, as we know it, is just one small part of it. Now, that's what I hope for, because I, I think that would be actually pretty cool. Now, what do you hope to learn more about soon when it comes to? You could pick any of Green Dragonflight. Emerald Dream, Emerald Nightmare, Rift of All, Xavius, what's he up to? And all of the above. I don't really care. Xavius better be dead. What do I hope or what do I think we'll learn more about soon? All, all of the above. <laughs> I really want to know who Alln is. I really, I really do. That bothers me to this day. But <laughs> I want to know. So you know, we've met Pantheon of Order, right? The Titans. We've now met the Pantheon of Death in Shadowlands, right? I I feel like it's safe to say that these realms, these, you know, different various areas of the cosmos all have some kind of pantheon. We're guessing. So uh, I want to know more about the life pantheon, you know, say, and who, who... It's not just us guessing. It's also whoever was the character ta, 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 Talora or whatever that wrote the, the grimoire of the Shadowlands. Speculating exactly. the same thing. Yeah. Like, so I, I really, I want to know more about the, the pantheon of life and what their role is and what their connection is to Emerald Dream because of Freya made the Emerald Dream. If the Emerald Dream is connected to the pantheon of life and Titans gave Freya power and, you know, it just, it gets a little, you know, a little confused. And I just, I want to know, I want to untangle the web and know more actual details I'm hoping that can happen. And also, what is the ginormous sacrifice that's going to be made to bring you Sarah back to me? And I guess back to everyone too, whatever. Okay, but, but to me, like, what's going to bring her back? To soar over the lands again and bring the happy tears. Like, what sacrifice is going to be made <laughs> and when? <laughs> yeah, it's just, it, Allie's character is going to be on the back of you, Sarah. <laughs> it's just riding on the back of her. It'd be great. Oh my gosh, I'd be so happy. Especially like at the end of Dragonflight, you can be like, hey, 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 Ysera, I spent an entire expansion learning how to do dragon riding. I'm ready. <laughs> Let's go, Let's baby. Let's do this. <laughs> What's hard is like, there is a small part of it that's tempted to switch to direct theater. When I think about all that my priest has gone through, like, I don't, I don't think I could deny her. Especially if Ysera is coming back, you know, like, it just, it's not going to feel right if, I, if, you know, Poor, my, my poor priest is on the bench 
when you Sarah comes back, like that's not right. <laughs> that's not right. No, it's not right. <laughs> that's not right at all. No, that's not right. Well, if you Sarah comes back, uh, variants come back too. Uh, how about that? <laughs> I will allow it. Okay. Cool. 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 <laughs> all right. What do you hope to learn more about soon? Uh, honestly. The thing I was hoping the most for with patch 9.1, maybe two. I think it was two when I was thinking we were going to get it. Eloon, what is up? Right, with seriously. So we got, we've learned a lot over the the course of Shadowlands um, that, okay, she's got a sister. It's a winter queen. All right. There's a little bit of blab, bad blood there. Like, like Taylor Swift and whoever she was singing that song about. I don't know, but she's got bad blood. <laughs> but that's but that's all fixed now because thanks Toronto for being like a little intermediate like arbiter there like hey it's cool now um we just could I don't know there's like walkie talkies weren't working or something so uh it's got changing batteries it's fine yeah, yeah, yeah something like that so yeah um that was you know it was it was good to to hear more from a loon but I, I I need I need more Blizz like you gave us these, absolutely. He gave us these amazing, wonderful uh, characters like uh, Sergeant Anthrys. How you doing? <laughs> and uh, what's up, Daddy D? Crawl to me on your knees. And those other ones, you know, <laughs> those other three, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> those other three, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. <laughs> you know, the other pantheon or whatever. Yeah, like um, I wanna. I'd like to say hello to um, some some Elune and actually finally meet her and actually. You know, come on. Okay. Yeah. How about this? The night elves have a bit of a rough go of it. A little bit of a rough go. I think we could toss them a win. I don't. What do you think, Ellie? You think we could toss them a win? Like, like, come on. Let's go. Let's go say. Yeah. Let's go yeah. say hi to your about goddess. Let's go say what's up. Go actually meet her. I think that'd be good. That's what. That's what I really want. I think that'd be fantastic. All right. Next up, little question here. Do you believe we will travel to the Ember Dream next expansion? As in, like. Dragonflight? Yes, Dragonflight, yeah. Yes, I think it'll be a briefly lived thing, as in a scenario or a quest line. I don't think it's going to be anything too significant. Right. But hopefully that means there'll be more significant things with it come cosmic disco war time, aka 11 point something. Yeah, I, I fully believe that we will likely travel to the Emerald Dream and that is specifically going to be because we have to get um, whatever that great sacrifice is from Elune to bring back uh, our dear beautiful Ysera so she can go flappy flap one more time and uh, we can let the happy tears flow that's, that's what we're yes. doing yeah. so uh, we need to open up the uh, floodgates and let the happy tears flow but in order to do that, we gotta go to Emma Dream. Be like, "Hey, Alun, we need like a lock of your hair or something like that." Oh, great sacrifice! I don't freaking know. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> a lock of your hair. I don't know. So let's go. Great sacrifice. I mean, the Winter Queen gave up one leaf for you, Sarah. So maybe something like that with, with Alun. It could be like, "All right, she gave up one leaf. I'll give up one. I don't know. Lock of my hair. <laughs> Same thing." <laughs> Okay, could be. Hey, they're they're like practically gods over here, so it's like it's a pretty pretty potent sacrifice. Mm. Right, could be. Whatever. 
All right. Anything else before we jump into our fantastic questions? Fantastic questions. Um, that's about it. I mean, I'm still bitter that I never got to go burn Thros down and like what its role is and some of this stuff. But that's a whole other can of worms. I'd say never say never, but we still haven't gone to the Abyssal Mall yet. So, right. So, you know, it might be a never. <laughs> so, <laughs> we'll see. I could dream. It's fine. I dreamed a dream of days gone by. Oh, wait, that's a sad song. We're going to sing that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, that song gets depressing really fast, actually. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, so we have some community questions that we're going to jump into because, hey, I did the notes and I was like, this feels this this needs something. This needs something more because uh you know. So anyway, let's jump into it. Each episode we try uh, and post in the Patreon section of the Discord. If anyone has any questions that they'd like us to discuss about the topic we'll be covering on the episode. So if you would like to ask your own question or get to know what the next episode is going to be about ahead of time, head over to patreon.com slash live to find out more. Cause yeah, that's how you do it. You on Patreon, you get access to the channel. Anyway, how do you say their name? What was it? Mar- Marjo Fission. Sure. Okay, perfect. Fizz, fizz, fizzin. Fizzin. Fizzin, like Kaja Cola or something. Fizz, fizzin. So, Marjo asks, I don't think I was explained well in the last two expansions, or if it's still supposed to be mysterious, like the Rift of All is a spot in the Emerald Dream that bleeds into the Twisting Nether or something, right? But Xavius lives there, and it's also heavily void corrupted. What? <laughs> Do you have an answer? I mean, not really. Like, we already went over that. We already kind of went over the Rift of On and who the heck is On. And it does it does get a little funky when you start thinking about, like, Emerald Dream and Emerald Nightmare and, and, and the Void and all that jazz. It, it, it gets a little funky. Yeah. It does. Because it's like, okay, they're not corrupting it with death. No, because the old gods are actually Void related. So, if anything, it would be more voidy stuff and the rift of all is definitely voidy ish because if you go down there it's like hey nothing freaking down here it's like it's like black nothing it's like nothing like a void if you will so if anything it's almost like a little rift that goes into uh like you mentioned ali a void lord uh possibly is who this all person is perhaps. well and if you like look at like if if you look at the rift of all area in the Emerald Nightmare raid when you're fighting like in the beginning you, you get this part where like there's little like ads and stuff you fight before you see Xavius and they do a good job making it look like it was just an area of nothingness it was some grays and then the outer edges were black but like you feel like you could just keep running forever and like nothing would change yeah. now there is a little bit of a quote that I was able to find uh, directly from the book and this is actually what it says Gazing into it, Malfurion Stormrage saw it as a bottomless chasm, which radiated with primeval energies that even he dared not investigate. Indeed, the very rift itself seemed half-dreamed, for it had a surreal quality to it, to its expanse, and to the archdruid now and then seemed to ripple as if ready to fade or change. Curiously, only then did Malfurion truly sense that the ancient Sense that the ancient evil, though it fought to keep its grip there, did so from somewhere deep in the depths of Azeroth's own seas. Hmm. So, I don't know what's going on there. I don't know what's going on with the with that quote. Doesn't really make any sense. 
And that's the best that we got of the Rift of all. And Malfurion kind of looking down at it going like, that's creepy. I'm not going down there. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, it does seem like it's pretty creepy. It, it does seem pretty creepy. All right. A- anything else to add to that wonderful note there? No. no. I feel like we didn't really answer the question. But at the same time, like we said, it's just it's there's a lot of information we don't have on this yet. Yeah. Rift of all is a whole bunch of. I don't know. I don't know. Well, Solaris Wesson asks, if there's an Emerald Dream, could there be a Sapphire Dream or a Ruby Dream? (laughs) What do you think, Allie? Personally speaking, if there was a Sapphire Dream, despite my connection and love for Ysera, I'm sorry, I would go live in the Sapphire Dream. That's where I would choose to go sleepy sleeps, and I would be perfectly content in life because blue is a fantastic color, and the Sapphire Dream would be beautiful. The end. Okay. And <laughs> I mean, if I really do, I really think there is one. I don't think so. I don't think so. But either. that would be lovely. Now, two things about this. Do I think there is one? No. Could there be? Yes. Because if you want to get all speculative, yeah, in the infinite realms of the verdant lands of the life realm, sure, that there could be a blue one and a red one. So there you go. Maybe. There's and maybe there's a bronze one. Yeah. Maybe there's a black one. That'd be a little weird. Uh, that's where like the, the heavy metal enthusiasts go to. They're just really into it. Oh, okay. That does sound like epic. Like Black Sabbath and shit like that. Like, right. <laughs> so that's the rendition of Elmo singing it almost. Okay. Elmo. Elmo. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Did you know Elmo was Iron Man? Yeah, he is. All right. So, uh, what is, what's what, what's this? Yeah. Hey, hey, Allie, what's the next question? Hey, hey, it's Sarith. Sarith, <laughs> hi. Hi, Sarith. <laughs> so, Sarith asks, do you guys feel like the Emerald Nightmare is a necessary foil to the Emerald Dream? Kind of how Ardenwild is to death and Emerald Dream is to life. Is the Emerald Nightmare the void side of it? I don't know what you, what you think, Allie. I don't think that the Emerald Net Nightmare is necessary. I think the Void just decided to mess things up and turn it into a nightmare. I think the... I don't think there's anything necessary about any of this. Like, if we want to deep dive, get into the, the crazy, wacky ideas behind this. My best guess behind this is the Emerald Nightmare, the... You know, the freaking, um, you know, the, the dreadlords doing all their kind of crazy stuff. Um, you know, every, anything that the old gods are up to, the, even the titans and all their ordering of things. I believe that all of this is related to the different realm, the different realms of power, you know, the six realms vying for supremacy in a way. Uh, so it's the the void trying to corrupt the, the you know, the Emerald Dream, the, you know, the realms of life and bringing them all nasty voidily and yeah I think that's pretty much what it is I think it's just like the dreadlords are like infiltrating into everything so that death gets an advantage the void is corrupting everything so they get an advantage I I think that's just they all got their way of messing with things and the void corrupts the light burns the order puts things in its right place uh (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't know. B builds a wall and puts out prisons and things like that. Oh, that's that's order. And yeah, and, and death like uh, it pulls a siren and asterisk. It gets all sneaky snake. It's like, hey, what's going on? How you doing? I'm death. Did you know that? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey. How what's going doing? on? <laughs> Yeah, so, no, I don't think it's a necessary foil. I, and originally, I think it was the fever dream of, uh, fever dream, get it, of uh, Richard Knack. Yep, that's what the Emerald Nightmare is. Yeah. Because I believe it was originally, originally, it was the the Dragons of Nightmare, which really was, there wasn't really much of anything there. There were just like three or four world bosses. They're like, oh no, these are green dragons. Bad stuff happening. Ah. And then, and then Richard Knack wrote, Storm Rage, and we're like, oh, there's spooky stuff happening. And then we had Legion, and we went to the Emerald Nightmare. So, yeah. What is, I think that's what gets really tricky about the lore, is that there's just so many people who have had their hands on it, and given their their piece of it. And that that's left, you know, Stevie D and team, in my opinion, in a really rough spot to try to clean up and make sense of certain things, and you know, you get people like Frozzy Abbey and that whole mess, which is a whole other thing, you know, it's just, it's it's messy. And it's it's a lot to try to bring together throughout the years of this game and beyond. Yeah. It really is. Uh, and I actually, I, like, like no shade thrown at Richard Knack at all. Like, I actually really did enjoy a lot of his books. But I genuinely think one of the reasons why they haven't had Richard Knack write a book in a long time is because he's really good at the world building. He's not good at fleshing out of the stuff that's in already in existence, and he has to operate within the confines of it. Right. Right. So he's not one of the, he, he can't pull like a Madeline Rue or a Christy Golden where you, know, you take the an existing IP and craft a, a great narrative and a wonderful story all around it that all fits within it and doesn't mess with anything. Like you're, you're like okay, every, all of this fits. There's no issues here. It's all good. Richard's like, but what if, but what if then, and, and hold on, just, just wait with me here, all right? What if, what if Nazdormu, okay, what if Nazdormu had a twin, right? And and she could only go backwards in time, and Nazdormu was cursed to only go forward in time, right? And they were, and they're like, Richard, dude, come on, like, <laughs> what are you doing? He's like, okay, okay, scrap that. How about, <laughs> they're like, no, just... <laughs> we gave you an outline, man. Like, just go with it. He's like, this outline sucks. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tear this to pieces. And they're like, all right, man. I don't think this is gonna work out. So, so yeah, I think that's what happened. It could be. And I, I yeah, t t totally. Like, we can thank Richard Dack for the dragon aspects. They would not exist without him, because uh, they were his invention. So, there you go. Because before that. There were just like a brief mention in Warcraft 2 of, I believe, Alex Straza. And in Warcraft 2 Beyond the Dark Portal, Deathwing was actually a, um, like a hero unit that you got to control. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> he's the one who fleshed out the actual lore. So, like I said, no, no shade thrown in his direction. Yeah. There, there's just so much now. There's, they've, they've built up so much story that it's, you know, it's like he doesn't want to he doesn't want to operate in the in the worlds of too many rules so yeah all right we got one more question here and this, this is a big one take it take it away Allie. this is a good one Vanderlyle asks after defeating Xavius and the Emerald Nightmare Raid you are sent to the Emerald Dream 
The corrupted beings you previously fought are now uncorrupted and at peace there. Ursoc's soul eventually moved on from the Emerald Dream to Ardenweald. And, quote, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> Unquote. It seems Ursoc and Ysera have reached Ardenweald around the same time. What do you think that means for the Dragons of Nightmare? Do you believe Ysandre, Ysandre Maris, Lathan, and Terrar, Terrar <laughs> suffer the same fate as Ursoc? Or did our interventions in the Shadowlands save them? Let's go with that one first. I, Unless I sh- you, th- you think I should read that no, next no, one. No, no, no. I th- I th- we, we can, okay. we can stop okay. here for... I don't know. Um, yeah, so if they died right around the same time, my guess is they probably suffered the same fate as Ursoc, is my guess. Right, because they were doing, like, if you really pay attention to that Arden Wield, like, you know, like intro cinematic kind of thing with, uh, once again, my heart, Erlon, um, there's a lot of devastation going on in uh-huh. Arden Wield at so the time. Much. And they're having to so co- much devastation. a lot, a lot of the uh, the fields, right, where they they grow the pods, typically. So, yeah. The groves. I, yeah, the groves. Yeah, you you would know better than me. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, it's true. <laughs> I, I, I live in pustulance and nasty blight land. <laughs> I pick hairs out of the ground for stitching. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, 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 my guess is they suffered the same fate as Urzhawk, sadly. Probably, because I feel as if, I mean, I could, I could, could be wrong. And granted, they weren't really big characters, but that would easily be one of those Easter eggs that Blizzard could have dropped in if they, if their grove, they, they made it to Ardwheel and whatnot, if their grove was spared or called, like... If Blizzard felt like taking the time to mention them, they could have and be like, "Oh yeah, them." So I, it, I mean, we could probably assume that that their grove was cold if they ended up in a wild seed. Yeah, which I don't. I can't imagine why they wouldn't. Yeah, no, I, I can't either. I mean, a green dragon it feels like that's what they're all attached to, and they would just go right in normal times. They would just keep coming back. Right. Yeah. Well, it gets a little confusing, too, because, you know, for the Emerald, end of the Emerald Nightmare raid, we do see them there at peace, which I thought it was a lovely moment. But we know now that they don't go to the Emerald Dream. They go to Ardenweald first. So that was one of those moments where I'm like, is this a retcon? Is this just a case of where they momentarily her in the Emerald Dream just to show us that they're okay and then they get moved to Ardenweald like that part I've never been too sure about I, any thoughts on that so the Ursoc one made sense like the Ursoc one I was like alright you literally died like nine feet from here so okay. so even if they were like alright now, now we gotta ship you off to you know the intensive care unit over there in uh, Ardenweald to get your whole anima to back up Right, that makes it the fact that Ysera was there. That's where I go. What's happening? <laughs> that was the one that really uh, confused me where I'm like, they could have just easily been like, oh, yeah, she's been to the Emerald Dream for a little bit. But that just feels like a artistic choice where it's like, hey, well, we'll just we'll just say it's like, oh, well, they're there with you in spirit kind of or whatever. <laughs> yeah, but they're dead. Right. Of course, they're going to be in spirit dead anyways. I don't know. So. I don't know what happened with all that. Um, 
I don't know. Maybe Scenarius was playing a trick on us because he was he was there too. He was like, oh, well, say your friends are here, even though they're not really here. <laughs> and wasn't it Yasera right. that we followed into the freaking cave and found the the void seed too, or the little void? I believe so. Dealy Bob, yeah. That rings a rings a vague bell. Yeah, it's like, oh, we follow Yasera. She walks into this cave and it's like, oh, there's a little little shred of the void. And we go, oh, great. That's that's that's. That's great news. Absolutely. That's, that's exactly what we want to see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we got a little bit more of Vanderla's question. We do. Yes. So they continue on saying also another tie-in to the Shadowlands and the Emerald Dream, but not a question. I remember pre-Shadowlands Covenant descriptions indicating lower characters we would meet in their respective zones. All the other lower characters showed up in the story except for Cenarius, who was not part of the Shadowlands. Thank you. I guess the story was changed to Ysera before launch. He didn't put a question mark there. I added that in because I'm processing as I read this. Yeah. I have always wondered the same thing. It's like, why was it? Why didn't Scenarius do the same thing? Right? And I don't know. I was always confused by it too because maybe because... I mean, that's the thing. Did we technically kill him? Yeah, we, ki- we killed Scenarius in the Nightmare, right? Like, he's, he's dead. Like, we didn't... Or did Malfurion like go, oh, I'm going to heal him. I take care of him. Right. I don't remember which because his body was laying on the ground afterwards. I looted his ass. Uh, I'm just wondering if I think Malfurion stayed behind to like help him maybe to like heal him. I don't know. Shondo or something like that. Shondo. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I looked it up. Um, Scenarius did not die. Okay. Back to the show. Trying to, trying to think. I don't know why they said scenarios like that. I think, if anything, they originally thought about having it be scenarios, but then they were probably like, oh, wait, he didn't. This is probably what happened. They're probably thinking like, oh, scenarios didn't actually die, but he's he has died before and he's gone there and come back. So they probably just use him as an example of someone who has gone through. And I think they were really trying to use the Ysera character as like like if you played through it and you didn't know much of the story you wouldn't know who was in that seed like if you were just the kind of new to the game didn't really play a lot it's kind of the reason why they even put the freaking Ysera cutscene in there in the in the leveling right because if you're the kind of person who listens to a lore podcast you knew almost instantaneously who was in that seed right but if you don't super super duper duper pay attention like all of us do um, I think that, yeah, cause they were really, they were really trying to keep it a secret until you finish that quest. They didn't, they, yeah, I think the only time that they made it, in my opinion, obvious is when you did the, the quest where you are running around with Ysera in, in, in her memories where it was like, at first it was when she was like, uh, like still a proto dragon and like everything was labeled as either friend food or little things like that. Like that was all the name tags. Uh, and then, like, you saw, like, a little thing with um, Taronda, I think, was in there. And it was, like, like great friend or something like that. Or, I don't know. The, the, things are labeled in a, in a very weird way. And you're like, oh, yeah, it's totally Sarah. That's the only reason. Yeah, because I, I definitely remember this, uh, the presentation, uh, Vanderlyle. Uh, friggin', I believe it was Ian that was talking about it. And he was giving the presentation saying, like, oh, yeah, remember this? Oh, and he pointed it there. It's like the Shadowlands. And then we started talking about Ardenweald. He absolutely mentioned scenarios. And I was like, I don't know. 
I don't know why uh, he never showed up, but I have a feeling it's because he didn't actually die in the raid, would be my guess. As you've been saying this, I've been going through my BlizzCon pictures. Because mm-hmm. um, I took pictures of some like the slideshows and stuff. And uh, unfortunately, I wasn't one of them. I I don't think it was changed to Ysera before launch. I feel like enough work was put into Ysera with the various little quest lines and you know what you were describing, Jen, to make me think that it was not changed. I kind of wonder if Scenarius... It could be a case that they realized, you know, me that wasn't a good fit for it, but they realized it kind of late. But I kind of wonder if that was part of the content that may, in my theory, have been trimmed because of COVID and delays and whatnot. Because the Ardenwield storyline is a bit disjointed at times. And there's a whole thing with the dress they could have done so much more with beyond the fact that I'm biased and I want to burn it down. Like, it just... There's so much more they could have done with the Ardenwell storyline. And I kind of wonder if Scenarius at one point was supposed to make an appearance. But for the sake of keeping the whole, the, keeping the story of Shadowlands on the whole together well enough. And because of content lulls and delays and, and whatnot and COVIDs, um, that maybe that was a part that had to be cut in their whole attempt to bring you know, bring us from the be- like from the beginning <laughs> to the end of this of the expansion and just get it d- done and over with so we can move on. I think I wonder if Scenarius was a uh, victim of some trimming of the story. Okay. Well, with that, what are, what are we what are you, what are we thinking? Hmm? Think it's time to to start wrapping things up. I, I do. I do think so. Yes. All right. Well, it's your, it's your turn then. Do the do the thing. <laughs> it's true. I gotta I gotta do the thing. Cause the beginning of the show we we're like, hey, you could be a patron. Stay tuned till the end. And here we are at the end. Hello. So it's a part of the show where we say a quick thank you to all the patrons that support us and keep the show going. If you'd like to join their ranks and support the show, you can do that by going to patreon.com slash live laugh lore. So we do have a new patron. Craig L. gave us an amazing like one-time gift kind of thing for our 50th episode. So thank you so much. That was incredibly kind of you and was pretty surprising. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. It was a huge surprise. I was like, what? Because <laughs> I had the yeah. notification pop up on my phone. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> what is going on? Yeah. Yeah, super kind. So thank you very much for that. I, I very much appreciate it. You're, you're fantastic. Yes. So we do like to say thank you to all the patrons. You're really amazing. But we also like to give a little extra love to the top patrons. Now, Jen's much better at this than I am. And right now my allergies are kicking my butt. So so you're going to get like silly. I don't know. I'm, I'm not Jin. It's, it's fine. <laughs> First off, we have Marjo Fizzin who uh, has a little like section in like my, my phone notepad to remind me of how to properly say this name. So, hi. Hi, thank you. And then next up we have Ickis. Thank you, thank you. We have Sarith, who is on Jin's raid team. It's true. Right? Yeah. Yep, yep. We have Nadun, which is an awesome name. I'd be curious to know how you came up with that name. Oh, it just came to my mind. I don't know. Kamari, thank you. Thank you, thank you. 
And alongside that, we also have some pasta mat. Thank you. I had pasta for lunch today. It was so good. I passed a couple days ago. I I love pasta. It's it's great. Great. Fantastic. And when I was a kid, I made a lot of mud pies and like play with mud and like found like roly polies and stuff. So, hey, mud. Hi. (laughs) Thank you for being a patron. (laughs) See, I'm not as good a gin with all this. It's it's, it's silly. Uh, Chris Malore. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being a top patron. Dungeon Master Burke. Dear, dear Burke with the Raymonds and the, the D&D and stuff. And world building with Burke. It's great. Thank you. And last but not least, we have Dracorus. I miss you, Dracorus. I hope you're doing well. Yes. Thank you all. You are so wonderful. And you keep this silliness and a, a train a rolling or something. So anyway. <laughs> train, a wreck, whatever it is. Great, it's crazy it's train, going still. Black so Sabbath, thank you. It's all coming back, right? Right. Uh, Elmo. Oh, good song. Good song. All right, here we go. <laughs> Stories. There's nothing in the world more powerful than a good story. All right, everybody, strap in just for a second here. Story time. Story time. Like this whole episode wasn't story time or something, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually, you know, I was doing my normal little little thing for looking for show when doing my show notes and, and looking for the stories. And I came across an article in New York Times that I was just, you know what? Is it a truly positive story? I don't know. Like I said, it's a little different. A little different. But we're going to talk about it anyways because I thought I thought it was worth talking about. So, like I said, at the top of the show, I mentioned that I am starting to train for a marathon. Tomorrow morning, as a matter of fact. Yeah, I got to get to bed soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I've made a long-term goal for myself. And if you're wondering what is going on, this is probably one of the first times I've mentioned it out loud, that uh, one day I would like to qualify for the Boston Marathon. Is it going to happen this time? Probably not. Uh, would I like to do one day? Absolutely. That's the thing. And I kind of jokingly think, uh, it might take me to hitting 40, uh, before it actually happens. Cause they give you five extra minutes to finish. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, and real quick, dear listener, I'd like to take a moment and let you all know that, uh, if you want to get out there and start running, but you're worried that your pace is too slow to call yourself a runner or a real athlete, let me be the first to say, all are welcome in this sport. Okay? I recently read an article in the New York Times, like I mentioned, that uh, I'll, I'll be linking in the show notes that damn near actually had me in tears. All right? It is titled, How I Learned to Love Finishing Last. And it serves as a great reminder that the only, and literally the only requirement to calling yourself a runner is to get outside and run. All right? Your pace does not matter. And it doesn't matter if you cross the finish line. Um while the crew is literally tearing down the track behind you. Uh, In fact, the amount of mental toughness that it requires you to finish a marathon in seven hours may actually be a whole lot greater than it takes to finish it in three hours. That's four more hours of you just having to deal with it. That's, That's a lot. In fact, there's actually an entire community online that I just, I love this so much, and it made me happy that this is a real thing now. It is called the Slow AF Run Club. It is all about <laughs> celebrating diversity in running and changing the sport one step at a time. And they say, uh, we all want to live in a world that accepts everybody as they are. So I couldn't agree more with Mr. Evans of the Slow AF Run Club. Pace acceptance is body acceptance and body acceptance is pace acceptance. So if you're interested in maybe getting out there, but you're worried about your time, I'd encourage you to read this article and maybe give it a shot. 
So before I go, I'm going to go ahead and let a returning guest on this segment explain this a little bit better. How I show up to running now is drastically different than when I first started running. Let's talk about it. When I first started, I really showed up out of desperation. I was miserable. Freaking pissed off. I didn't like running. Do I feel like going for a run? No. I wasn't good at running. Can't breathe. I didn't look like a runner. I had such a hard time that I was trying to find people on social media that ran slow and looked like me, and my searches came up empty. Since I couldn't rely on anyone else, I knew that I had to just show up for myself. Running was important because I run for sanity. So I turned up the fun, and I turned down the seriousness of running, all the way down to zero, to become what I call a party runner. The best part about running is you don't have to do it how everyone else does it. You can show up in whatever way works for you. Woo! (laughs) So there you go. That is obviously... uh, Love it. Mrs. Space Cadet, uh, also Aaron Azar on TikTok and, well, basically everywhere. Um, yeah, fantastic. So, hey, if you're just like, hey, you know, that I always thought that was cool and I always wanted to give it a shot, you can do it. That's cool. That's, uh, there you go. That is my, you know, as they say, in a world where, you know, get rid of the damn gatekeepers. Yeah, get rid of the damn gatekeepers. No, no one needs to be gatekeeping you on uh, running or, or anything like an avatar or like a world of warcraft no if you, if you want to do it freaking do it there you go you don't have to be the best you don't have to be a mythic raider and you don't have to be able to finish a marathon in three hours to be a runner so there you go i love the story so definitely check it out if you would like yes <laughs> i would be a part of the uh, slow af club and that's okay you're everyone's yeah. welcome it's cool <laughs> absolutely it's absolutely awesome i think it's fantastic i was I don't. Know, I just thought it was cool that there there was even a community that had that. But I don't know. What, what, do, what do you think? I I don't know. I I was happy. So. It's 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 good. I, I actually really like it. And it's it's always nice to be reminded that like because we we see certain things advertised for certain sports or the hobbies or whatever. It's 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 hard when your particular type of person or body type or whatever is not often seen or represented and sometimes they can make you feel like you can't do it but as she said like she showed up for herself despite that and then she found these people and she's inspiring more people to do it and it's great so that is where i will leave you and uh, like i said definitely check out the new york times article because it's uh it's really good i think that's where we're gonna go and say goodbye everybody so bye goodbye but we hope we didn't, I don't know, recycle too many jokes in this uh, episode. Maybe just one or two. My heart! <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Live Laugh Floor. If you have a topic or a question you'd like us to discuss, send us an email at livelaughfloorcast at gmail.com. If you want to support us on Patreon, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash livelaughfloor. And you can keep the show going for as little as a dollar an episode. You can watch Ali live on Twitch Sunday nights over at twitch.tv slash And you can watch Jin Monday nights at twitch.tv slash joint. You can also follow the show on Twitter at live underscore laugh underscore lore. You can follow Jin on Twitter at joint, and you can follow Ali at Ali Anders K. Meanwhile, be kind and take care. <laughs>